Hey, thanks for joining us here today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a moment and send your story to stories at newcommunity.co. And if you've made a decision to follow Christ, we'd love to help walk you through what's next in your personal journey with Him. Or if this ministry has had an impact on your life, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially and help us bring this message to the rest of the world. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app where you can find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see each and every one of you here this morning. And let me first start off by saying is, I'm sorry I missed last week. I was out with some kidney stones, but thank you so much for all of the prayers and the texts. I'm doing better this week, and I'm glad to be back here with you um, on a Sunday morning. So it's good to see each and every one of you. And... Just as you saw in that video next week, that's just a little preview. We are going to be kicking off a brand new campaign here at NCC. And we're going to be looking at what God, where God is taking us um, here in the future, the vision that God has for our church. And so I want to encourage you next week, do not miss out. Make sure that you are here. Do whatever you have to um, to get here, to bring others with you, because I believe it's going to be really exciting. We're um, excited what God's going to be doing. We've been praying with the board and the leadership team here about... Um, what God wants, where God wants us to go um, into the fall and into next year as we really seek the face of God and see how God wants to continue to expand us um, as the church and um, here in our community and in this, into the surrounding areas. So, and as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, if you were here in January, we celebrated five years. How many of you guys were here for our five-year celebration? So we had a lot of fun that day. Um, we baptized people and we just celebrated all that God has done. And as I was looking at that, and even over this summer, as we've been praying for what God wants to do this fall and into the next year, um, where God is leading us, I thought about the stories that are here at New Community Church. You know, and I was thinking about many of you. You may not know the stories of people that sit next to you every single Sunday, but what God has done over the past five years has been amazing. And we've seen people come into this place who's lives were broken, whose lives were messed up, and God has changed and transformed them. Many of them are you, people that were on their way to prison. You may not know this, and God used New Community Church to bring change and transformation in their hearts. People with drug addictions and other addictions in their life whose life was headed nowhere, and God has used New Community Church and different people in this church to bring encouragement and freedom and victory inside of their lives. There are many of you in this room whose marriages, whenever you came to this church, were struggling or there's been broken times in your marriages and God has used his word and what takes place here at this church to strengthen marriages. Some of you, you've been through brokenness while you've been here, divorce or other things, and maybe you've thought about throwing in the towel, but God has used his word and people alongside of you in this church to encourage you. And instead of throwing in the towel, your faith has been strengthened. You've been changed. This community, as I look at what God's done around this place, and I look at what we just celebrated, you know, the first back-to-school fair that happened, happened right here at the church. And there were about 50 backpacks that were given away about six years ago. And this year, over 3,000 backpacks given away at the event, 1,000 more the first few weeks of school were given out over 6,500 in attendance. We've helped plant churches and build schools in El Salvador, giving out Bibles in Southeast Asia. I just got an email this week from one of our missionaries that you support every single week as you give in the offering. And he showed me a picture, and it was a packed room, 
um, full of parents, and he said, these are new parents that are signing up for foster care. And that means kids that are in crisis, kids that are coming from broken homes, from parents with drug addictions that have to be removed from that home. Now they're going to have a Christian godly influence, godly parents that are going to be there to love them and to minister to them in this moment of crisis. Church, that's you guys. That's you giving into the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's a reason to celebrate. God's using us not only here in Mesquite, not only in your workplace or in your school in the surrounding areas, God is using us all around the world as a church to reach out and to make an impact. And I believe that God has more for us. I truly believe that as I've been praying that God wants so much more for us as a church. I was thinking about a time in Sarah and in my life whenever, it's probably about eight years ago, we were at a different church in Illinois. And it was a service very much like this. And in the midst of this service, there was someone who was gifted in the prophetic. And in case you don't know what that means, it's someone that God um, has placed a gift in their life where they speak the word of the Lord over other people. And he called us up in the middle of this service, and it was kind of a prayer service. And he called us up on stage, and he began to speak some things over our life. And one of the things that he said is, God is going to give you a car. That's a very confident prophet, you guys, because it's not just like God's going to bless you and, oh yeah, you, someone paid for your meal, so that happened. God bless you. I mean, if we don't get a car, that's very specific, right? But he, he had the audacity to say that. God's going to give you a car. And I kind of laughed as Sarah and I were standing there up in front of this whole crowd of people. I tried not to laugh out loud, but I kind of laughed because I thought this guy missed it. Because probably about four months earlier, someone had given us a brand new Suburban. And so I was like... Yeah, that already happened, right? Like, so I, I just kind of went on. I put it in the back of my mind. I didn't think a lot about it. I just thought, well, this guy missed it by a few months. Someone already gave us a brand new Suburban, so he probably just missed it a little bit. Until a few months later, someone walked up and handed us the keys to their car and said, God told me to give this to you. And then probably a couple of years later after that, someone walked up and said, hey, you're getting ready to be foster parents and handed us the keys to their car and said, God wanted me to give this to you. And then a couple of years later, someone walked up in the midst of a service like this and handed us the keys to a 12-passenger van and said, God told us to give you this brand new Nissan van to bless your family with. And then recently, someone has blessed our family with another car. And in those moments, I thought, God, you missed, like, you don't, this has already happened, like, you're done with this, right? Like, it's already taken place. And then time and time again, God says, let me show you what I'm really doing. Let me show you what I really meant by that. You thought it was just this one-time thing. You thought it already happened and it was done and it was over. But I'm telling you, Aaron, what I speak to you, I'm going to come through with. And it's going to happen time and time and time and time again. I'm going to show up faithful inside of your life. And as I was thinking about this next season that God is taking our church into, that God is leading our church into, I thought, man, it's just like that. We can so easily sit back as a church and say, God, you've done this, making people and places new. You've spent the past five years doing this in our church, and that's already happened, God. We've seen stories of transformation, we've seen salvation, and we've seen people's lives be changed. And our community is now different, and we have this partnership with the school district, and we're reaching and we're feeding homeless students. God, all of this is already happening. But church, I so strongly believe that we have not even seen the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what God wants to do in our lives. 
that we haven't even begun to see what God wants to truly happen. You thought salvation just meant you, and God is looking at you, and he's speaking this over your life. No, it's just not you. It's your family member. It's that coworker. It's that person that you've been praying for that you think, God, there's no way that they could change. And God is standing back saying, wait, I've got more. I've got more that I want to do. A blessing that you thought, God, you already did that in my life. And God's saying, I'm going to show up time and time again. This idea of God making people and places new. God's saying, NCC, you haven't even begun to see what I want to do through your church in the surrounding community. You haven't even seen the transformation that I want to take place in church. I truly believe that, that the best is yet to come. The best that God has for us, it's in front of us. It's not behind us. It's not with what we've already seen and, and the ways that God has already amazed us. It's still out in the future, and we're believing that as a church. And so I want us to look at this passage of Scripture where God shows his people this and where he challenges his people into what he is taking them into. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Joshua chapter 3, and we're going to start reading at verse 1. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, that's totally okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you, and I want to encourage you, you can take that out and follow along with us. And if you don't own a Bible, that's our gift to you. We want you to take that with you um, as you head out this week because we believe that there is power in the Word of God, and it changes us as we read this. So Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, in the Bible, in the seat in front of you, it's on page 103. And while you're turning there, I want you to get a little bit of a picture of what's going on in case you're unfamiliar with the book of Joshua. God has brought his people out of slavery in Egypt, um, the nation of Israel, and he's brought them out of slaves. So they were for 400 years, they were slaves to Egypt, um, to Pharaoh in Egypt. So they had been building cities, had built cities, statues, all of this kind of thing. They were manual labor, they were slave labor um, to the Pharaoh in Egypt. And God, through a series of signs and wonders, delivers them and they their freedom is one and they're placed out in the desert and then they spend the next 40 years of their life traveling through the desert going from place to place kind of wandering around um, from place to place and they're getting ready to go into the promised land so God had told him I have a land I have somewhere that I'm taking you um, we're going to get there in in his timing and so it comes to this place now where Joshua is leading them Moses has died and passed away, and now Joshua is the new leader, and he's right on the border of the Jordan River, getting ready to cross over into the land that God promised. So this is where we're picking up the story, Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, and this is what it says. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out for Shittim. I want to be careful I don't mispronounce that word if you're reading that with us, okay? And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And at the end of three days, the officers, these were leaders of Israel, went throughout the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way that you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Let me pause right there and um, explain what's happening here. So the Ark of the Covenant, it was a symbol of the presence of God. It was a symbol of God going before them. And so God says, my presence is about to go before you. You've not been where we're taking you. This is a new land. You don't even know where you're headed, but I'm going to go before you, and I'm going to show you the way so you follow after me. About 2,000 cubits back, you keep a little bit of a distance. You follow after my presence, follow where I'm leading you, and I'm going to take you into this new land. And so this was the instruction. And then it goes on in the passage to say this. 
Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I want you to underline that in your Bible. Even if you have one of those Bibles from the seat in front of you, underline that, highlight that in your smartphone. Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. And so they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people of the Lord. This is a powerful passage where God is declaring to his people he's about to do something new in their midst. He's about to do something and take them to a place that they had not been before, that they had not seen before. And so he gives them this very specific instructions. Consecrate yourself for tomorrow I'm going to do wonders among you. And I started to think about this instruction that God gives his people, that word consecrate, the first part of that command. Now, that's not something we think about a lot or do a lot, right? I mean, probably in your workplace, you're not going to be like, hey, Billy, go over there and consecrate that, okay? It's not something we use a lot in our language. Your teacher at your school is not going to say for you to do that. That's not your homework assignment. So what did that word mean? Because it's not something that we use a lot. Well, the people during that time, they would have been very familiar with that word. To consecrate something meant that it was set apart for a specific purpose. That there was something unique, whether it was a vessel, a certain cooking utensil, a certain meeting place. So there were parts um, of the nation or parts of the areas that were consecrated. Some of the mountains were consecrated. They were known as places where the presence of God was. It was a very special and unique place that had a specific purpose. It wasn't just for general use. There was a plan. There was a purpose that God had for that vessel, for that person, for that place, for whatever it was that God had set it apart for something unique. It was different. In church, he's telling his people, he's telling the people of God, consecrate yourself, declare that, remind yourself that you've been set apart, that you're different, that you're unique from all of the nations around you. Before you head into this new land, before you go wherever it is that I'm leading you, before you follow my presence, you need to remind yourself you're not like everyone else. There's something different about you. There's something special about you. There's something unique in who I've made you, who I've created you to be, and you need to remind yourself of this. Why did they need that? Because for 40 years they had been in the desert. 40 years traveling around, seeming like they were going nowhere from place to place. We've already been here. Are we lost? But they're going around for 40 years before God takes them into the promised land. And it was probably pretty discouraging. The same routine every day. Wake up, break down the tent, gather all of the stuff, load it on the camel, load it on the donkey, whatever it was, travel to a new place in the desert where there's just more sand, unload, set up camp again, and do that over and over again, just the routine of life. And God said, after 40 years, I want to remind you, you're not just like everyone else. There's something different. There's something special about you. I don't know if you've ever been to the beach. A few years ago, I was working with a missions organization in California, and I thought, how can I be in California and not go to the beach? And so even though my flight was leaving in a couple of hours, I went and I got in the ocean. And I'm getting tossed away by the waves, and I get out and I'm covered in sand. And you guys, that was the most uncomfortable four-hour ride from California to Dallas. There is sand everywhere, and I literally mean everywhere, okay? Okay. It was so uncomfortable, and the first thing that I wanted to do when I got home was just get in the shower and rinse all of that off of me. And for 40 years, that's how they're living, you guys. There's sand in their cooking utensils. There's sand in the tent, in their blanket, everywhere, in their clothes. It's all over. For 40 years, they're just living in that dirt and the dust all around them. And God says, after 40 years, you may begin to believe that you're like everyone else, but you're not. 
You're different. You're special. You're unique. I've called you for a purpose. I have a destiny for you. I have a plan for you. Don't mistake that this is wasted time. I've been preparing you. I've been getting you ready for where I'm going to take you to see you are different from everyone else around you. I've called you and you're unique. Church, I want you to write that down as a reminder this morning. Just a declaration. I am different. If you're taking notes in your smartphone, write that down. I am different. You're like the people of God. You're called by God. You're unique. You're set apart. You are consecrated. And this morning, God is reminding us as a church, you're not like everyone else. I've called you with a purpose. I've called you with a plan. So when you get up in the morning, you don't live life like everyone else. You don't go through the same routines that everyone else goes through. You don't go through your workplace just so you can get more stuff, more money in the bank account, more possessions. No, you're different. You're called with a purpose to be a light to those around you. Students and kids, you're not in that school just by accident. You're not in that classroom just because that's where someone assigned you. No, you're called for a purpose. You're unique. You're set apart from everyone else around you because you are called to be the glory of God to the people that are around you. See, God said, I've consecrated you. And church, you need to remind yourself of that because you can get stuck in the routine. You can get stuck in the busyness of life and you can forget that you are set apart. You are different. Turn to the person next to you and just declare that this morning. I am different. And that's what God is wanting to remind his people of. You're unique. You're set apart. You're consecrated. I've called you to be separate. I've called you to be my light, to be a display of my glory to all of the nations that are worshiping other gods, that have different beliefs, that aren't even focused on me, that don't even know me. I'm taking you into the promised land to be a symbol of my light and my glory, to declare that land for me, to win it over and to conquer it for me because of who I am. You're getting placed in there. Why? Because you're consecrated. You're different. You're special. You're unique. It's who you are. I thought about these special plates that Sarah and I got whenever we were married. And whenever we first started off, we had nothing, but we had these gold china plates. I don't know, some of you guys may have those. They're white, and there's this gold trim all around them, right? And these were our special plates. They weren't for everyday use. And we literally had nothing when we started off. We didn't have a dining room table, and so we took some cardboard boxes from when we moved put them on the ground, put a tablecloth over them. And when we'd have people over, we'd pull out the special plates, right? And we'd have to ask them to sit on the floor on this cardboard box dining room table. But we had the special plates out because those meant that we were having honored guests over. They, they have a lot of emotional value to us right now. Um, so they're somewhere in some high cabinet. So if you ever come over and we pull out the gold plates, that means we really like you, okay? That means you're special to us because we pull those out. So they're only used at like Thanksgiving or special times, something like that. Um, but they're really special. So whenever we go to move, whenever we've moved in the past, I mean, they get extra newspaper, extra blankets, extra towels in there. Sarah does not want anything to happen to those. There's some emotional ties because we've had them for our entire marriage. They're different than our other plates. And I thought, man, that's what God was seeing over his people. You wake up in the morning when you go through your life. That's what God sees over you. He's emotionally invested in you, church. 
He has a plan for you. There's a specific purpose. He loves you. And he's looking at his people and he's saying, I don't want you to believe that you're like everyone else, that you're just average, that you're just supposed to blend in with the crowd, that you're just supposed to kind of fit into society and culture and adopt whatever they're doing. He's saying, no, I've called you for a specific purpose. You have a destiny. You have a plan. You're different from everyone else around you. I've placed my mark on you. I love you. And I have a purpose that I'm calling you to. So don't ever forget that. So how do you live that out, church? You need to declare that over your life. You need to remind yourself because the busyness of life will crowd out that idea that God has something for you, that God knows he's directing you, he's leading you. I heard a pastor a few weeks ago and he shared it like this. He said, I get up in the morning and I walk into my bathroom and one of the first things that I do is I start to pray. And he said, I start every morning like this. And he said, it may seem like routine, but I've got to remind myself of what God has called me to be. And so he said, the first thing I do is I look in the mirror and I look at myself and I say, you're a man of God. You're a son of God, the creator of this universe. He loves you. He knows you by name. He has a plan. He has a purpose for you. He said, I begin to declare things over my marriage. Man, you are a faithful husband. You're gonna honor your wife. You're respectful of your wife. You love your wife. And he said, I just begin to declare this prayer over my life that this is what God's called me to. He said, I look at myself in the mirror and I say, man, you're called to be a servant of God. You're called to minister to others. You're called to share the word of God to people that are broken, to people that are hurting. Today, God is gonna use you. He's gonna use your words. He's gonna use your actions to bring light to people who are broken, who are hurting, who need to see the love of Jesus today. Church, life will steal that from you. It'll steal the truth of God's word, what he's spoken over to you. And you need to remind yourself, Joshua's going through the camp and he's telling them, Israel, don't forget. People of God, don't forget what God's called you to. You're different. Consecrate yourself. Declare that over your life, that you're unique, you're special. God has a purpose. God has a plan for you. Don't ever forget that. But every day this week, Church, get up, look in the mirror, begin to declare God's word over your life. Begin to say that, God, you've called me to be different. When I go into the workplace today, when I go into the classroom, when I sit across that student in the cafeteria, God, remind me that I'm different, Lord, that you've called me to be a light and to be an example of who you are. When I go across the street and I talk to my neighbor, when I go out to the mailbox, God, show me that situation. God, show me, open that door so that I can display your glory to people around me. Because you're called to be different, church. You're called to stand out. You're called to be unique. Consecrate yourself. And then he goes on in that passage to say this. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Remember you're different because tomorrow, if your heart is ready, if you've prepared your heart, God is going to do amazing things in your midst. God's going to do things that you can't even imagine, wonders, things that you couldn't have asked for, things that you couldn't see. God's getting ready to do them. God's getting ready to move in your life. And Israel was probably like me a number of years ago on that Sunday morning thinking, yeah, God, you've already done them. I mean, when we were coming out of Egypt, you split the Red Sea and we walked across on dry land and the Egyptian army, they couldn't chase after us. The, the sea closed back up on them. God, you've done that. Whenever we were hungry in the desert, every day you made manna, bread from heaven, fall to the ground. And on the desert floor, it was covered with bread. And every day we had something to eat. 
And when we got sick of the bread, in the middle of the desert, out in the middle of nowhere, there were thousands and thousands of quail, birds that came and landed on the ground, God, and you gave us meat to eat because we were tired of the bread. And when we thought we were going to die in the desert, and we were going to die of thirst, and we were saying it's better that we were back in Egypt, we should have just stayed as slaves because now we don't have anything to drink. God, you made water flow from the middle of a rock. Out of nowhere, water, just streams of water just begins to pour out so that everyone has something to drink. They're like, God, you've already done this. Like, this has already happened. You know, they're thinking, Joshua, you've missed this by a couple of months. God's already had all of this taking place. And now that we go into the promised land, we've got our army. Like, we're ready to fight and we're ready to take over this land. We're ready now. And God's looking at them saying, you haven't even begun to see what I'm going to do in your midst. You can't even imagine what's getting ready to take place in your life. You think that I've already done it, but it's actually, it's time for an encore. I'm getting ready to do something new in you, something that you didn't see before, something that you couldn't expect. It's getting ready to come. So prepare your hearts and get ready because you're going to see me move right there in your midst in a way that you've not seen before. When I thought of this, when I read this passage, I thought of a concert that Sarah and I went to a couple of years ago. One of our favorite artists was here in Dallas. And so we went. Maybe you've been to a concert and he's playing, um, I think it was probably almost like an hour and a half, an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. And playing some of the best hits and like, you know, everyone's there and they're all singing along to it. And then he gets up and he says, hey, this is going to be my last song. Okay, you, if you've been to a concert... The artist usually does that. So he plays one of, you know, one of his biggest hits, and then he sets down the guitar, and he walks off stage, and everyone stands up and begins to clap. And they keep on clapping. And they start to cheer, and it goes on for one minute, two minutes, three minutes. And then what happens? The artist comes back out, right? And the place just erupts like it goes crazy because you know what's about to happen next. It's the encore. And he picks back up his guitar and he runs to the front of the stage and he begins to play a few more of his songs. And everyone's going crazy. No one else sits down. Because why? Because we were expecting more. We were wanting more. And we knew that if we cheered, if we, if we gave in long enough, if we were sand, if we were waiting long enough, that he would come back out and he would give us more. And that's what God is telling his people I'm about to do. He said, that's what I'm about to do among you. You haven't seen all that I have. You haven't seen everything that I'm getting ready to do. And so he says, imagine, you, you just thought it was providing food, but you're going to actually go up against the city, and you're going to walk around the city walls, and they're going to explode right there in front of you, and you're not even going to have to fight. There are going to be enemies that are going to come in and try to take this land away from you. And you're not going to have to do anything. You're not going to lift a sword. But I'm going to bring the freedom right there in your midst just by blowing a horn, just by breaking some jars of clay. And all of a sudden, the enemy is going to be thrown into confusion. I'm going to raise up judges. I'm going to raise up prophets time and time again. I'm going to defend you as the nation. You're not going to have to fight. I'm going to fight the battle for you. You've not seen anything yet. You've not seen my provision or my protection. You've just seen the very tip of the iceberg. But there's so much more I'm going to do. So Israel, prepare your hearts. And I can imagine Joshua, he's walking through the camp. And he's saying, get ready. Get ready, people of God. Because tomorrow he's going to do wonders. Tomorrow he's going to do something great. You've heard stories from the past. You've heard your parents talk about it. You've heard your grandparents. You've heard them declare things. But you've not seen anything yet. Because God is getting ready to come into your midst and do wonders. And church, I believe that. 
I truly believe that for New Community Church, that we've seen God use us to impact this community, but we've not seen anything yet. We've not seen anything yet. We've seen people get saved, but I believe that there's hundreds and thousands more that God wants to use New Community Church to reach out to and to bring salvations. God's given us an, us an inroad into the schools, but I'm believing for a greater impact, a greater transformation. I'm believing for people that you're praying for, that God this next year, he's going to use them. He's going to use your life to bring salvation in their life and change and transformation is going to happen. Church, prepare your hearts because God is going to do wonders among us that we haven't seen yet, that we couldn't imagine, things that we're not even asking for yet. I believe that God is standing back and saying, get ready. Get ready, church, because it's going to happen. Things that you've been praying for, things that you've been dreaming about, dreams that you've let go over the past few years because you thought, I'm just in the desert. I'm just going around. It's just day after day. And God's saying, don't forget you're special. You're different. I have a plan. I have a purpose for you. I'm calling you because I'm getting ready to do something amazing right here in your midst. So church, I truly believe that. And I want us to just end this service by praying. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And you may be here this morning and saying, you know what, Aaron, you're talking about God's purpose talking about preparing my heart and consecrating me being separated or set apart for God, but I've never taken that first step of really committing my life to God. Never taken that first step of surrendering who I am for all that God has for me and all that God is in my life. And maybe while I've been talking, you've been saying, God, I need to understand your purpose. I need to understand your plan you could be sitting here this morning. Maybe you've sat in church for a while now. Maybe you're brand new to church, but you're saying, man, I want that relationship with God. I want to know what it means to truly follow after him and to, to serve him. And if that's you in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond, to get up out of your seat and to come forward to the altar right up here up front. I want to pray for you. The word of God is very clear. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. There's not one of us in this room that are good enough to earn our way into heaven. We can't do enough good stuff to earn God's favor. We're broken, messed up people. We're sinful people. Because we couldn't do it on our own and God loved us so much, he said, I'm gonna make the way. So he sent his son, Jesus. He died on the cross so that you and I could know the forgiveness of God so that we could have that brand new start in our life and we could understand the redemption of God. And Jesus is here this morning inviting you, inviting you into his family to know his purpose, to know his plan. And if that's you, you're here this morning and you're saying, Aaron, I don't have a relationship. Maybe I did at one point, but I've walked away from God. But this morning, I want that fresh start. I want that brand new start that you're talking about. If that's you, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward to the altar? I wanna pray with you. I want to ask God to do that in your heart. Anyone at all? Well, wait just a moment. If God's speaking, don't miss this opportunity this morning to commit your life to Him, to find out His purpose and His plan. Well, church, if there's no one here in that situation, then I want us to end this service by praying. And I'm going to ask just that we 
right where you're at, that we all pray together as a church and we just pray a prayer of consecration. We remind ourselves in this prayer how God has a purpose, how God has a plan, how he has set us apart. And so I'm going to lead us, but I don't want you to just sit there and listen to me, okay? Don't just listen to me praying up here, but in your own words, declare that to God. Talk to God. God, I'm giving you who I am. God, I'm setting myself apart. Use me for your purpose and your plan. Let's pray together this morning, church. God, thank you for this reminder in your word. Thank you for the book of Joshua, Lord, where you declared this to your people, God. That although they had been going through the routine, God, they had been going through the mundane day to day, day in, day out of life, God. You said, don't forget, I've made you different. I've made you unique. And so, God, remind us of that this morning. Remind me, God. Lord, once again, God, I take all that I am and I lay it down for you, God. I consecrate my life to you. I give you every part of me, Lord. Take everything that I am, God, and use it for your glory, God. Use it for your kingdom, God. Remind me, Lord, that I'm different. God, the gifts that you've placed inside of me, Lord, the things that you've done in my life, they're there for your glory, God, so that people around me can see your light, can know who you are, God, can experience your goodness and your love, God. Use my life. I give myself to you. Lord I surrender all that I am for you and God I pray that over our church Lord God I speak that over new community church God that we have not seen the best of you yet God that you have more in our future more to come God so I pray that Lord let this next year be full of salvation Lord families that are broken let them be healed God people that are far away from you God let their hearts return to you God marriages that are broken God restored Lord I'm believing that let this community be changed God let the surrounding areas God the surrounding cities God let them be changed for your glory God use our church to build your kingdom God we're going to follow your presence God we're going to follow where you're leading God and I truly believe that God you are going to do wonders among us God you're going to surprise us you're going to show up in new ways Lord God for your power for your glory God so that people may know you God use us to make people in places new and we pray this in your name amen